good to be back here with you guys, uh, especially after we were, we were out last week. My family has been wrestling through COVID, and we really, really honestly appreciate your prayers and all of uh, your support. You guys are just such a kind, welcoming people. We are so thankful to be part of this community. We're so thankful for you and, and your generosity and hospitality that so beautifully reflects who God is. When we talk about you are God's people, we are experiencing tangibly the attributes of God through you. And so thank you so much for that. We're thankful to be here with you guys. We're thankful for those of you online who are tuning in as, as we did last week. We're thankful for that technology. And uh, honestly, Grace, I'm, I'm excited um, for, for this morning. Uh, I was thankful for, for worship, thankful to see that you guys can clap and move. <laughs> It's encouraging to my soul. Thank you for that vulnerability. I appreciate it. Uh, but what we're talking about, I know Daniel alluded to it last week, what we're talking about today is the, the fact that we have a God who speaks. So let that sink in. It's not lost on me the strangeness of that message in the midst of the context in which we find ourselves. In the midst of the different voices that we hear in culture, we as God's people believe that there is a God, that that God cares enough to actually speak to us. In the midst of the voices that we hear, think about your morning already. Maybe you've heard the voices of social media. Maybe you've already checked the voices of the news. Maybe your mind is on the voice of the 49ers game that will be happening later this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> or the Rams game that will happen tomorrow. There's so many voices competing, so many voices that would think what we are declaring this morning, that we have a God who speaks is silly at best. And the fact that we would orient our lives around this truth to so many voices would just seem plain foolish. I remember reading about a year ago this article, I think it was in the Atlantic, and it was this uh, pastor in Iowa who was, you could just hear the defeat uh, in his quotes. And he was talking about trying to shepherd a flock who was listening intently to the voices of QAnon. And he was lamenting the fact, he said, I have 35 minutes on a Sunday morning to speak to my people. And his estimates were from between 20 to 80 hours a week, they're listening to the voices of QAnon. There are other voices out there that are speaking, that are speaking loudly, that are speaking convincingly, and yet we declare that we have a God who speaks. How do we make sense of this? How do we orient our lives around this? In, in, in what aspects of this truth do we find hope? And why do we still cling on to this? We're going to look today at, at, at three things. First, we're going to look at what God has said. Second, we're going to look at what God is saying. And then third, we're going to look at what God will say in the new kingdom. And so, admittedly, this is a different type of sermon. We're going to start in Genesis, and we're going to walk through the biblical narrative. And we're going to notice some times that God has spoken. So we won't be landing on one particular verse. Rather, we'll be looking at the entire biblical narrative. And, and I was convicted in my preparation as we're declaring 
that we have a God who speaks. I realize that I would, uh, I would be amiss if we didn't create some space for God to speak today. So that's what I'm anticipating. That's what I'm inviting you to anticipate with me. That if we say we have a God who speaks, we gather together, as Beth reminded us, to hear him speak, then that means that today, in these moments, we should expect to hear from God. We should expect to hear through the Spirit the voice of Jesus speaking to us, and it's so easy to ignore, it's so easy to dismiss. No, maybe that's just something I've been thinking about, but I would invite you in this moment to expect to hear from God because that's who he is. That's what he does, that's what he delights in. And so we're gonna pray together before we jump in and, and invite the Spirit to do that and ask that God would help us to hear well. Jesus, thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> Today, here, in this moment, in this room, in our living rooms, through YouTube, Lord, you know how that mysteriously works, but you are here with us. And we're thankful for that. Spirit, would you create in me a sense of anticipation, in us a sense of anticipation for what you will do? We know that you are God. We know that you speak to your people, you speak through your people. We know that you desire to do that. So, Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So in the beginning, we see God. We meet God in the early pages of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, we see God is there in the beginning, and he speaks everything into creation. God said, there, let there be light, and there was. He separated the light and the darkness. God said, let there be land that separates the waters. God created all of these things through his word. God spoke everything into existence. God spoke all of the animals, all of the physical creation into existence. He looked at it and he said, it is good. You guys can talk to me, it's all right. <laughs> Hopefully you know that. When God looked at his creation, he said that it was good and he created man out of the dust of the earth and he said, uh, well, first he said it is not good that man should be alone, so he created woman and then when he looked at them, he said it was very good. Good. God spoke rules. Maybe a better word would be God spoke invitations to Adam and Eve. Said, you are free to eat of any fruit in the garden. That's the first command. You're free to eat of any fruit in the garden. Every tree that you see that has fruit, you can eat from that. But there is one that you can't eat from. Don't do that or you will surely die. Not I will surely kill you, but you will surely die. Death will be invited in. Sin and brokenness and everything we experience today will be invited in. We know how the story goes. They ate the fruit. And again, we see God speaking, where are you? God pursuing, God calling out to now fallen humanity. As soon as sin enters the world, there is God speaking. Desiring relationship, Adam and Eve, where are you? What happened? And we see humanity respond in shame, blaming the other, 
blaming the serpent. We see God speak the consequences of what happens when we go against his intentional creational design of what is good, what is best for us. And then we see God speak a promise. We see God speak the promise of the coming snake crusher, the one who would crush the snake's head after the snake has bit his heel. This promise, this hope of salvation, that one day it won't always be like this. We see God continually speak life. We see God speak hope and encouragement. We see God in his faithfulness continually reach out to humanity in the midst of their sin through the early chapters of Genesis. We see God provide a way to Noah through the ark that salvation will continue, that this promised snake crusher, this promised one, the Messiah, the language would become, uh, would be fulfilled, that this family line would continue, that not all of creation will be destroyed in the flood. And we see God continue to speak. We see God speak to a man named Abram. God changes his name to Abraham, and he makes a covenant, a promise with Abraham. He says, I will bless you so that, for a purpose, all nations will be blessed. All nations, all people are under this curse of sin. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we all experience this, even today, that things are not the way they should be. Those of us who have listened to the news already this morning know that this is true. Pick a headline. It's not the way it ought to be. It's not the way God intended. But God spoke a better word than the curse. God spoke the reality that a promised one is coming. And Abraham and his family would be those who would display what God is like, what this promised one will be like. There's blessing for Abraham and his family so that all nations will be blessed. This is true because God spoke it. And we see the story continue, God's faithfulness from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob and to their descendants and and, and to Joseph who brings the family to Egypt in the midst of the famine. We see God speak hope and healing just as he said he would in Genesis 12. Nations are being blessed because of the faithfulness of God's people. Joseph devises a, a, a plan to provide food for other people in the midst of a famine. They are blessing others, what God said they should do. But the Pharaoh in Egypt changes and God's people become enslaved because uh, the Egyptians are, are, are nervous about how rapidly they're growing because God said he would multiply this family. God said it and it happened. We have a God who speaks and we can trust his word. And so God's people grow. They multiply exponentially in Egypt and they're made slaves and they feel the oppression of Pharaoh, the hard work, the, the injustice is felt every day and every night. God hears the cries of his people and he says no more. He will raise one up who will provide an exodus. Liberation from the oppression that God's people are feeling. God speaks and he calls Moses. Through the burning bush, Moses doubts because Moses doesn't speak well. But Moses God knows a God who does speak well. Moses knows a God who speaks on behalf of his people for their good. And so Moses, God empowers Moses to speak to Pharaoh. And we know the story, if you've been in Sunday school class or you've watched Prince of Egypt. We know about the plagues. We know what God spoke. God spoke on behalf of his people. 
that the oppression should stop. And it did. The slaves were liberated. The Egyptians gave them their gold and finest items. It's incredible. But when God speaks, incredible things happen. We should not be surprised. This is what God does. And so God is creating his people, his now newly liberated people. He calls them out into the wilderness. He speaks with them. He leads them by a pillar of fire uh, at night and a pillar of cloud by day so that they can follow God. They can hear from God. Through Moses, God speaks a law to them to form them as his missional people, his people who remember this promise that God spoke to Abraham, that they should be a blessing to those who don't yet know who God is. So he forms them through the law to resemble what he is like. Not to resemble Pharaoh, the leader that they've known for the last 400 years, but God speaks, he reveals himself and his attributes so that his people can look like him. There's a family resemblance. So God gives the law not only for the benefit of Israel, but God speaks his law to his people for the benefit of those who don't yet know him. And God would continue to speak to them. When there was faithfulness and obedience, there was blessing spoken. And just like parents we do with our children, when there was disobedience and unfaithfulness to the character of how God's family should behave, then there's warnings. There's consequences. This is not what our family looks like. This is what we should look like. God continues to speak through the prophets in this story to call God's people to faithfulness, to obedience, to holiness, to justice, to concern for the vulnerable, to praise and to worship. We see this throughout the Psalms. We hear this throughout the prophets, the prophets are begging the people, this is what the word of the Lord says. This is what God has spoken to us. He's been faithful throughout the story. He's been miraculous throughout the story. He's been good throughout the story. He's been kind. He's been concerned. He sees us, he knows us, he knows who we are, and he knows what needs to change. God continues to speak to his people. His people continue to rebel. His people continue to ignore his voice and harden their hearts, and prophet after prophet speaks the words of God to his people. And we see the exile come. God's people carried into Babylon, back to slavery. Sent to the people they were called to bless. And as the false prophets are saying, we're not going to be here long, don't worry about it, the prophet Jeremiah speaks the words of God to his people. So seek the shalom, the welfare, the common good of the city to which I have sent you, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. You are being blessed so that all nations will be blessed. God continually speaks to his people, and throughout, as we come to the end of the prophets, then we hit silence. 400 years. But the people remember what God has spoken. He has spoken hope. The coming one, the Messiah, the snake crusher, the one who would make all things right and new and restore things to the way they ought to be. And we hear the rumblings early in the Gospels that God is speaking once again. 
that God is speaking to Zechariah and he and his wife will have a baby and then he can't speak because he doubts God. But what God has said has come true. God speaks to Mary. God speaks to Joseph that that Mary would become pregnant and that this baby would be called Emmanuel, God with us. His name will be Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. God speaks, and we just celebrated it at Advent, and it happens. I remember reading the story about, um, you know, in the beginning of John, uh, John calls Jesus the Word. And in a Sunday school class, you know, this little kindergartner was asked, well, why do you think that John calls Jesus the word? And this little girl raises her hand and says, because that's all God wanted to say. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That'll preach. So now we see Jesus, God in the flesh, God dwelling with us, and we begin to hear Jesus speak, and we notice not only what Jesus is saying, but whom Jesus is saying it to. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the prostitutes, to the clean and the unclean, to those who are supposedly close to God and to those who are so-called far off away from God. God speaks life to dead children. God speaks healing to those who are sick. God speaks hope to the destitute. God speaks the truth that a better day is coming through Jesus. We see Jesus speak to God's people, reminding them of what the law says, and even better yet, what the law means, what the law intends. We see Jesus speak justice where there is injustice. We see Jesus unafraid to speak truth and conviction to the individual, and we see Jesus unafraid to speak truth and conviction to the systems, the structures, the governments, the empires, those in control, not one or the other. Jesus doesn't pick sides. Jesus speaks truth because he is God and God is truth. Jesus speaks love because God is love. Jesus speaks hope because only in God can we find our hope. Jesus speaks the storms to calm. Jesus speaks the demonic out of the oppressed. Jesus gives these glimpses of what the coming kingdom is like. Jesus speaks to his disciples and tells them, I will be crucified and killed, and raised in three days. And then as that begins to unfold, they're like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) As if Jesus didn't say it. As if God hasn't always done what he would say he would do from the beginning. I find myself in them, knowing that God is trustworthy, but so often not feeling it. We see Jesus on the cross speak, it is finished. We see Jesus breathe his last. We see him be buried. We see that quiet, silent Saturday. And then Sunday comes. And the resurrection happens, and what do we see? We see Jesus speaking to Mary. 
We see Jesus speaking to the disciples. We see Jesus saying, do not be afraid as they are trembling in fear behind locked doors. We see Jesus speaking the Spirit at Pentecost into this early church. We see the cowardly who would run away when there's fear or or difficulties be strengthened through what Jesus speaks. We see them become the pillars of the early church. We see them unafraid because of what Jesus has spoken to stand up in the face of the Jewish leaders, the Roman leaders. We see them being empowered to be imprisoned, to be beaten, to be killed, martyred for their faith because of what God has spoken. We see them speak the words of God, speak the words of the Hebrew scriptures, speak the truth that the Spirit has been revealing to them. God is continually speaking throughout this story. We see God speak them to go from uh, Jerusalem to Judea and the ends of the earth. And we see that happen. Because throughout this story, we see what God speaks comes to pass. Maybe not on our time, but what God says happens. And so we see this early church expand. You guys just walked through the book of Acts last year. You know this expansion. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, all the way to Long Beach, California. Here we are because God spoke it. You are in your seat today because God spoke. Because in the words of the Advent series, God is actually with us. God has spoken so much, and yet there's these other voices God has spoken so clearly, and yet we question. And so in this moment, I wonder what God is speaking. And I'm going to pray a quick prayer, and I'm going to invite us to take a few moments and to listen. God has spoken throughout Scripture. What are those truths that you need to be reminded of? Let's ask the Spirit. Father, thank you for your presence. Jesus, thank you for your love. Spirit, we ask that you would speak now in these few moments. Speak clearly to us. Help us to hear your voice. Amen. Amen. God has spoken, and God is speaking. Some of you just experienced that. Some of you just heard a word, saw an image, felt a thing. Let that sink in. The God of the universe is speaking. And maybe it wasn't profound. Maybe it wasn't life-changing. Maybe it was like me, just a sense of peace. And I'm reminded of how many times God says, peace. How many times Jesus says, peace. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Peace. 
here's the reality. God is still speaking. God is still, <coughs> excuse me, speaking through his word, which is living and active. God is still speaking through his people who are full of his spirit, adopted into his family, who are called to speak what they hear from him. We speak to one another oftentimes what God has revealed to us to say. It's the beauty of God's people, the beauty of community, of doing life together. Not only do we get to hear from God through the scriptures, but we hear from God through his people. We get to hear from God through prayer in those quiet moments we just experienced. God is still speaking. We know what the fruit of the Spirit are. We know that when we hear these words of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Am I the only one who knows these? <laughs> Come on, Grace. Yeah. Okay, so me and Beth. Okay, yeah. Balmer family's got it. Appreciate it. Self-control. I need to hear that one more. We know that the enemy comes to lie, to steal, to rob, to kill. When those are the voices we hear, we can identify who's speaking. We know that God is love, that God is truth, that God speaks hope. We know as we were reminded in, uh, with the staff as we were praying this morning, Daniel reminded us of John 10. Jesus is the good shepherd. The sheep know his voice. See, God is still speaking today in the midst of the voices, in the midst of what we're scrolling through on our phones, in the midst of what we're consuming on our screens, in the midst of the fears and the worries and the frustrations and the exasperation and exhaustion, the decision of fatigue and COVID and all of the things that we're experiencing, God is still speaking today. What do you need to hear? What do you need to be reminded of? My family, as, as we walked through COVID, we really needed to hear that Jesus is healer. Thank God for vaccines. Thank God for masks. Thank God for all. We're not making a statement on those things. What we're saying is Jesus is healer. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. In the midst of uh, a move from out of state over the holidays, lots of time with our kids, and then an unexpected week together with our kids, we needed to be reminded that um, God gives us patience and kindness. My boys needed to be reminded that God expects obedience. What do you need to hear? What is that thing that you brought with you today? Let's ask God again to speak. Jesus, you know those things. I don't know, the, 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 the sickness that we need your healing, the friend or loved one that we feel like we are carrying with us on the mat, the storm that is raging. Jesus, you know what that is. Would you speak to that in these moments?
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God spoke. God is speaking. In church, God will speak. We know that there is a day that is coming when Jesus will return, when Jesus will reunite heaven and earth, when all of the brokenness will be made whole, when death will no longer be a thing, when sin will only be something we remember. There's a day coming when hope will fully be restored, when sin will fully be conquered. There's a day coming when we will not have a use for hope anymore because everything will be the way God intended. There's a day coming when Jesus will speak comfort and every tear will be wiped from every eye. There is a day coming when reconciliation will be declared and there will be people from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation worshiping together. There is a day coming when it will be declared that God will dwell with his people. Yes, God is with us now. But more fully realized, more fully embodied, when we will be with God. Yes, we have his spirit now. This is the tension of the already not yet. But there is a day coming when God will speak these things, when we can speak with him, when we can speak with brothers and sisters in Christ from across the globe throughout the ages. There's a day coming when we won't worry about our children. There's a day coming when we won't worry about tomorrow. There's a day coming when we won't bicker on the way to church in the car. There's a day coming when those aches and pains and creaks and cracks when you get out of bed will be a thing of the past. <laughs> there is a day coming when hospitals will be obsolete. There is a day coming when we will remember cancer treatments that have not yet been developed with the nostalgia with which we remember phone booths. There is a day coming. <laughs> there is a day coming when we will be able to see how God was living and active through the painful memories how God was with us in those moments. Those moments when he felt distant. Those moments when he felt silent. Now I understand we've taken time to hear from God. And, and for some of us, we've heard from God. For some of us, we could feel the spirit moving. In a room this size, probably not everyone. Now, my intention was not to cause further frustration in this. I've been there. All of us have, if we're honest. Those moments of desperation when we know that we have a God who speaks and we need him to speak in this moment, and in response, we get silence. Silence. 
So many of us have experienced that. The questions that that causes, the doubts that that stirs up. Church, let me encourage you. You're in good company. I think of Jesus on the cross. Jesus who spoke with God. Jesus who heard God speak audibly, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus who is well practiced at hearing God speak. Jesus in his moment of pain and agony and torture cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus heard silence also. Maybe that's you today. As God feels distant and far off, know that his son, God in flesh, also experienced what you are experiencing. God says he will be with his people. He is. God says we can have hope. A better day is coming. It won't always feel this way. Church, God speaks. And we get to listen. God speaks and we get to respond. God speaks and we get to realize that that means his attention is on us. He sees us. He sees you and knows you by name. He knows what it feels like. He knows the plans he has for you, not in a trite way, not in a sugary sweet, this is just a pat answer that we throw out there. He knows because he's been there. And this should challenge our caricature of who we believe God is. So often we can think of the, you know, God is, is the like Aladdin, genie, you know, Santa Claus, like you just go to when you need stuff. Or God is like the angry principal with the checklist, just keeping track of every wrong thing that we've done. But we have a God so much bigger than that. So much better than that. A God who speaks because he desires relationship. A God who speaks because he desires what's best. A God who speaks because he sees and he knows and he cares. A God who speaks because he's interested in you. Not like you in the generic, but like you actually here. Like you, Carl, you, Renee, you, Mandy, you, Ramona, you, Esther. You. Your name, Jim. This is the God we serve. This is the God that we'll remember as we come and partake of the bread in the cup. The God who has spoken is speaking and will speak. Church, will you pray with me? Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for creating us. We invite you to continue speaking. Continue speaking as, as we remember through the bread and through the cup. We invite you to continue speaking as we sing together. Lord, continue speaking as we pray. Continue speaking as we have conversations with one another, Lord, as we go throughout our week to the jobs that you have called us to, to the people and the places you have sent us to, to, to display what you are like, continue speaking to us.
continue speaking through us. In those moments when it's hard to hear your voice, help us to feel your presence. Help us to remember that you are with us. We love you, Jesus. Help us to love you more. Help us to trust you more. Help us to obey you more. We pray these things in your name. Amen.